Are you ready for the end of the world? This is Your Community Spirit, a show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle. The circle. For, wait, I guess I need to wake up first. Wake up! And be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. Man, I'm really messing this up. How many years have I been doing this? It's like... Well, it's because I stopped in the middle to, to press a button, <laughs> so I uh, confused you a little there. Um, the sun is out. That that means we should start discussing solar. Um, Let the sun in, shine in. In today's Carbondale Times, there is a half-page article about the solar project. Town Hall to Discuss Solar Array. City Hall, City Council again will consider granting permit to move project forward at former copper site. Um, the meeting is set to begin at 6 p.m. Tuesday, February 24th at the Carbondale Civic Center. Representatives from Brightfields, Beezer East, and the U.S. EPA will be in attendance. There has been a lot of public discussion about this. It's been over two years of public discussion so far. But, um, well, basically, the first public meeting was, the first vote was September of 2013, um, where the Planning Commission conducted a public hearing and voted to recommend approval of the permit. And then October 2013, the city council voted to defer action on the item until a minimum of two informational meetings happened. Mm. And so this is the second informational meeting. Yeah. So. Well, this was, isn't this an additional one? I thought it was like, oh, yeah. they had the two on the northeast side, and then this is the final one before they they put their actual vote in. Yeah, you're right, because um, at the end of the year, they had the December 18 one, and that was the second informational meeting. Yeah. And then, um, I don't know why they're having another one. So (laughs) (laughs) it's just like, it's, it's almost like the city council wants to wait until after the election to actually (laughs) vote on something. Oh, I see. Yeah. When's the election again? April. April. Maybe they're going to do on, (laughs) on the day after the election. (laughs) That's kind of what it's looking like. Cause I mean. The, f- the first approach um, was January in 2013. Mm-hmm. Is that right? No, it was two years ago. So 2012. Now, two years ago, it'd be 2013. Um, what year is it? <laughs> what year is it again? I think it's 2015. It's yeah. been all day. <laughs> so, yeah, two years ago, January 2013. Yeah. Um, that's when the first approach to the city was for this project. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, it has been over a couple of years already. So, yeah. Are we a community that wants to have solar? Yeah. That's a good so, question. Well, today I want to have sun out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I said I can almost see the sun out right now. I think everybody wants sunshine today. <laughs> Just like but are we going to harvest that sunshine and turn it into solar energy? <laughs> Just like, well, if you go out in the sun and get it, it'd be a good idea. So, yeah. Anything in, um, what do you call alternative fuels news? Huh. I say alternative fuels because that's what I consider 
you know, oil and all <laughs> yeah. that stuff that we've been using, yeah. you know, using for less than a hundred years. Yeah. So. We've, yeah, we've been using actually, when you put it that way, we've been using the power of the sun for much longer than that with crops and, you know, windows. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, photovoltaic solar electricity was discovered in 1838. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, even like, you know, modern day space age solar power. Yeah. <laughs> it was discovered. 1838. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've only been using oil for a hundred years. Yeah. So I consider that alternative energy. It's an alternative, yeah. So, <laughs> the real energy. renewable energy and sustainable energy, so. Yeah, the real energy is the sustainable energy. <laughs> but yeah, in the meantime, we are still using some of that old stuff, so. Four oil-related spills reported in North Dakota. It's the latest in a week of mis oil mishaps. Like That sounds oil... Oh, I was going to try to do a pun, and I screwed it up. Oil I'm well. definitely not awake this morning. <laughs> yeah. Can't pontificate at all. Uh Oil's well that ends with an exploding oil well. <laughs> what? Oil's well that, that no ends with an exploding <laughs> I'm trying, I'm making bad puns too. It's, I'm not awake either. <laughs> but yeah, these, these four oil related spills are just one of several mishaps that have happened in the past week. Now these are just four significant yeah. oil. I mean, there's that's been a, a lot of insignificant. Yeah, there's a lot of little ones that they don't even they're report. Like, you know, little, little drips all over the place. Yeah. They're just like, eh, this is only a few gallons. We won't tell anybody about it. Well, I mean, the thing is, is it only takes like a quart of oil to contaminate a million gallons of drinking <clears throat> water. Yeah. So. So I hope you're not thirsty if you're in North Dakota. So four significant oil-related spills. It's not that significant. It's only three million gallons. Yeah. <laughs> no biggie. So two of them impacted wetlands directly, and they were reported by North Dakota state officials this week. And this is the fourth time this week that a big mishap involving the North American oil industry has occurred. On Monday, a train carrying 3 million gallons of crude oil derailed and exploded in West Virginia. Did you see those videos? I didn't see the videos yet. I saw the pictures. It's just like, it's like a bomb struck it, you know. It's, I mean, you know, it's like flames, <coughs> you know, as high as you can look. Yeah. I mean. It's like Mordor, like from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> maybe that's what that whole thing means. Mm-hmm. It's like it's one one energy source to save us. Yeah. <laughs> Just like <laughs> Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, there was that explosion. Uh there's also another explosion that occurred at the ExxonMobil oil refinery in Torrance, California, injuring at least three people. And over the weekend a crude oil train derailed, spilled, and caught fire in Ontario. I mean this seems like a very dangerous, volatile industry. Like, why? Well, I never thought oil was dangerous. Yeah, when you have I mean, a sun, you know, in the Middle East, you see that it's dangerous. You see these big oil rigs flaring up, and you know, there's wars too. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, in North America, oil's not dangerous. Yeah, people kind of pictured like, oh, it's all very smoothly. It stays in the pipes, and the the trains run smoothly. But doesn't seem to be that way. So the spills in North Dakota began on Monday and spanned into Wednesday. The first was a double incident. Approximately 42,000 gallons of oil industry wastewater was released from two of its well sites located about three miles apart. Now, both of these oil spills were said to have impacted wetlands. So, But, you know, the report and how mm -hmm. detailed has not been released because... 
it won't be. No, yeah. I, it probably will be. I mean, yeah, but they, you know, they in a couple of years after we've forgotten about it. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't even want to give the list of all the chemicals that got released in there. Yeah. Um, they are using vacuum trucks to suck up the waste. Yeah. Giant around, vacuums. <laughs> sucking up the, so sucking what, what they're saying is that oil sucks. <laughs> 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 okay. So yeah, the the next spill was a one thousand two hundred sixty gallon. Yeah, that oil measly spill. little oil spill. Yeah, and the oil overflowed from a truck and spilled into an oxbow of the Charbonnet Charbonneau Creek, which is a tributary of the Yellowstone River. Yellowstone, that's like our natural monument. Yeah, it's like a mo- yeah, it's a monumental historic river, and now it's got thousands of gallons of oil in it. So the fourth incident saw four hundred gallons of diesel fuel. Spill from an open valve of a truck and into an unnamed tributary of Lonesome Creek. Yeah, well, it's lonesome, so nobody will notice. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, this is North Dakota. You know, it's it's way out there. Huh. I mean, we don't really care, do we? Well, maybe. I mean, it is the center of the U.S. oil boom right now. Yeah. I mean, they produce more than 13 billion gallons of oil and nearly 15 billion gallons of wastewater. That sounds like a good balance. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, that's. I'm glad they mentioned that it's this, at the height of the oil boom because people often mention those in two different stories. One story will be, look at all these good things that the oil boom is doing. And then in another story, they're like, oh, there was an accident. Oops. But they go hand in hand. If you do all of this oil, then there's going to be accidents. I mean, in North Dakota, do you remember this in 2013? I definitely don't. Mm-hmm. There was a... Uh, oil s- rupture of an oil pipeline that saw 865,000 gallons of crude oil sink and spill into the North Dakota farmlands. Wow, yeah. I mean, that sounds vaguely familiar. At this point, there are so many oil disasters that uh, it's starting to blur in my mind, like which one was which. I mean, before February of this year, I mean, we've had already three major oil-related spills with over 300 gallons of of release yeah and some of it's still ongoing you know some of those leaks are still happening yeah they can't stop them but <laughs> and i'm of, of course you know the state of north dakota has been accused of <laughs> what covering it up covering up the oil <laughs> yeah well they it sounds like they're trying to do exactly what we were joking about earlier where they're like oh you know this isn't that big of a spill and it's not exactly going to affect the environment so we just won't report it so and an investigation by the Associated Press showed that over 300 oil pipeline spills recorded by state officials in less than a two-year period yeah. was not disclosed. <laughs> Whoops. You know, to the public. I mean, I'm sure somebody knew about it. Yeah. I mean, it made it... somebody is... Are they in jail? Because, <laughs> you know... Probably not. You know, we're, we're, we're making money here, you know? Yeah. We're doing it for the good of the the... They probably got a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, so, anything else we should talk about? Yeah, we've got some other stories, some probably happier stories here. Catholics uh, in 45 countries are fasting for climate action. This Wednesday was Ash Wednesday, marking the beginning of Lent, the 40-day period of self-denial for Christians that ends on Easter when you're given down, you know, the go-ahead to, you know, scarf down a bunch of goodness, right? Yeah. 
A few standard vices that people temporarily quit, including, you know, sweets, sex, Big Macs, $5 latte, and Katy Perry music videos. <laughs> but this year, Catholics from all over the world are making a statement with their abstinence by giving up food and carbon-intensive habits to raise awareness for climate change. One of the, ga- one of the main goals of the Climate Justice Fast organized in part by the global Catholic climate movement, is to urge political leaders to commit to climate change action. Yep. No meals and no joyrides in the family Hummer for 40 days. <laughs> uh, so. Yeah. Now, you may worry about the health implications of having no meals for 40 days, uh, but uh, they're spreading the actual fasting part. They're spreading out about... Uh, like one day fast in 45 different countries. Okay, so, you know, America fasts on one day. Yeah. Man, that'd be... <laughs> America fasts one day a year. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, so each of the 45 countries that signed up for this climate justice fast are getting a different day where they abstain. Uh, so America's participating on March 16th. We should mark our calendar to remind people, huh? Yeah, March 16th. So if you, if you run into any... Grumpy, hungry Catholics on March 16th, they might be doing the climate justice fast. So you could give them a high five or a low five if they don't have the energy for it because they're fasting. <laughs> like yeah. Um, so Peru, the site of the most recent UN climate talks, is starting the festivities. <laughs> festivities. Today. So, yeah. Or, you know, I guess it was on Wednesday. Yeah, right? I think it was on Wednesday. Yeah. Probably. So. Yeah. So uh, that's pretty exciting. I mean, it makes me think, too, you could... You could take it in whatever direction you want. Like, if you're not a Catholic, you could still do something like this anyway. If you are a Catholic, you could do, like, a modification of it some way. Like, you could do something every day for it, but have it not be, like, eating nothing. <laughs> wonder, you could not eat during the daytime. I wonder how s- strong this message will be, considering how many of our political leaders are Catholic. Yeah. Right? I mean... um. There, yeah, there are a lot of Catholics out there, so if a lot of them do this, it'll send a big message. Now, in Britain, apparently they don't have to fast, because <laughs> Britain's most powerful politicians, and I said that without messing up, powerful politicians yeah. agree. I, was, I should say powerful politicians pontificate <laughs> on the power of fighting climate change. Yeah. So they agree that fighting climate change is a jolly good idea. There's great climate news from the United Kingdom on Saturday. On Saturday? They meet on Saturday? <laughs> yeah. Wow, they, they must be hard at working on some of our politicians. <laughs> like, I don't think our politicians even meet on Fridays. I don't think they even wake up on Saturday. <laughs> like, so the leaders of the three major parties, Conservative, Liberal, Democrat, and Labor, all signed... A joint pledge to aggressively fight climate change and phase out the use of coal. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. I mean, when you think of, I mean, like the Industrial Revolution, England played such a big role in the Industrial Revolution, and now they're swearing off coal. They're not off it entirely yet, but they've made a pledge. And here is what the declaration states, quote, Climate change is one of the most serious threats facing the world today. It is not just a threat to the environment, but also to our national and global security, to poverty, eradication, and economic prosperity, end quote. Hmm. So, 
Yeah. Now, should we talk about the U.S.? <laughs> U.S. Uh, is kind of depressing in comparison. It's like, I mean, the they're especially the Republicans, but some of the Democrats too. You know, argue like that we shouldn't even bother with cl- combating climate change because the other economies aren't going to participate. Well, we know that's false because I mean, China is leading <laughs> yeah. us. Yeah. This is this is messed up. That China is head of us. Yeah. In renewable energy development and climate change. Yeah. That China is leading the world. Well, not the world, but they're leading us. Leading us. By yeah. our, you know, our tail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just like we're trying to go the other way and they're tr- like tugging us along by the, our, yeah. our well, tail, but, tail hole. Yeah. Well, part of it is because they've been taking a lot of the brunt of our economic uh, needs lately because, you know, we ex- import things from them. And so they're creating a lot of pollution in their own country to satisfy our hunger for goods. And so they're having to deal with smoggy cities and all that, and they're like, no. Well, I mean, the pollution there is very visible because yeah. it is so bad. Yeah, here yeah. it's kind of invisible because we're like, oh, well, I have China suffer through the pollution. <laughs> so that's part of why they're so eager on renewables. But, yeah, I mean, it's hard to even imagine, like, uh, some of our politicians saying stuff like that. Uh, even, even the ones who are pro-climate action Rarely even say that. And that's what they got all three of the main parties there to agree on. And so, I mean, this UK pledge is very encouraging because, you know, the run up to the UN climate negotiations, I mean, it's going to be in Paris in December. So, I mean, this is like. Yeah, that's pretty big news. And it's. Yeah. Oh, where is it here? The, yeah, the conservative uh, uh, Cameron from, you know, he was. Where is it here? It's here somewhere. Oh, yeah. He famously commuted by bicycle when he was the minority leader in parliament. Now, can you imagine our conservatives, like, bicycling to work and talking about the importance of climate action? It's hard to imagine in the U.S. Yeah, I mean, but he was trying to remake their stodge image <laughs> into, you know, kind of a, I don't know, greener, more youthful, more urban. Yeah. You know, so... I don't know if it worked, but they did vote on something that's a modern-day issue. Yeah. And part of the issue may be that larger majorities of the British than the American public accept climate science. So I wonder how much of that has to do with, like, the whole climate denial industry here in the U.S. There are these think tanks and these politicians who make a lot of money and get a lot of power off of denying climate science. So then the public starts to get misled and believe them. Whereas it sounds like in England there are more people who... um, understand and appreciate the climate science so then the politicians are like well we got to do something about this <laughs> otherwise we're going to get kicked out of office well there they actually kick them out so yeah. I, I think that's part of it that's part of it too like they don't have like <laughs> they might have a little more democracy than we do what <laughs> i know no one has more democracy than the u.s <laughs> <laughs> just like best democracy money can buy <laughs> all right um i did want to read a little bit of this article <clears throat> How to avoid the grocery store for a month. Huh. Oh, by doing the fast. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, um, this is the pantry challenge. Originally, I thought it was panty, but <laughs> the pantry challenge. Looking to find some extra money in your budget without feeling like you've stretched to your limit? Tired of finding all those random canned or dried goods long past their expiration date at the back of the pantry? If you're looking to free up some cash and waste less than what you've already spent, try the pantry challenge. Do people actually have pantries nowadays? 
Do you oh, like yeah. have extra food in, in your house to like, you know, not go shopping for a week? Yeah, not Do enough. Like <laughs> a week, if it was a week or more, I'd start eating, you know, the, the most random things that don't really make a meal. Well, that's what the idea here is, is you try to use what you have. Yeah. Because it's been sitting around and you'll eventually have to throw it away because you haven't used those random things, right? Yeah. <laughs> so like, you know, those random things that you've bought and then, you know, might never eat because you never get around to it. Yeah. You can eat you those know. up by skipping the grocery store. Right. So utilize the food you already have on hand and, you know, um, you might still want to buy some fresh stuff, but it's winter. There's not that much fresh stuff. Yeah. Unless you go to the farmer's market, then you get greens at least. So there really is no hard and fast rules for the pantry challenge. You know, some go cold turkey. I did it um, in January for two weeks. Like, I buy food all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, I think if I stock up on anything, if I'm, I'm, yeah, I always try to, I bet I could not eat I mean, not go to the store for six months, <laughs> yeah. you know, because I've got bulk rice and beans and luckily most people don't know where I live. So <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah. if the end of the world happens, Stop secret. the snow apocalypse <laughs> yeah. or um, the zombie apocalypse. That's the other one, right? Yeah. Well, the pantry challenge it used to be called winter. <laughs> like, you know, they didn't have as much <laughs> shipping of foods across the country and such. So uh, you had to do the pantry challenge. Yeah. So. To begin planning a meal with what you have, you know, choose your protein first and then build around that meal. Or, you know, you just toss it all in a pot and make, like, now is the time for soup. Yeah. I mean, you pretty much anything, you put it together and add water to it, you can make soup. Yeah. It's just see how long you can go. Um, now, one of the things you can go, there's, like, online recipe spinners. Where basically you enter in like, you know, let's say four main ingredients and it'll spit out a recipe. Yeah. I really like those. Those are fun. Um, yeah. So I I tend to not really use those, but I probably should <laughs> to get, you know, new ideas. Yeah. So. I've only used them a couple of times, but it's worked out pretty well. Um, now, the last time I did it, I had so much fun coming up with new things and trying to... I found... Um, like I tend to dry and um, sometimes can very infrequently, mm. but I had a I had like a big bag of sun dried tomatoes from uh, two years ago. Yeah, and you know always saving them for you know when you really need them <laughs> um, for rainy day. But that was a good meal. I was just like, so I plan to at least do this at least twice a year. You know, right before fall, do it. And then, you know, uh, can and dry things to replace what I ate, you know? Yeah. So. Good plan. Um, and then, what is it, in winter? Um, I don't know, just you tend to be home more, do a lot of soups. So what do you think would be, what do you think is the weirdest thing you have or are willing to admit is in your cupboard. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I'd have to think a while on that one. <laughs> I just I just sorted through mine and um well, I have like 10 jars of canned cabbage. Like in a jar, you know, can, but I don't eat cabbage. Yeah. <laughs> 
So I'm going to, like, I, I did end up using two of them, <laughs> just, like, <laughs> trying to make random soups and stuff. But I'm just, I don't know. I've never been into cabbage because I think I probably ate so much of it. It's a really, really cheap vegetable. Yeah. And it stays really well so you can buy, you know, a dollar head of cabbage and it's good for, you know, a couple weeks. So um trying to think what other weird things. I had... um jackfruit it's like a a can of fruit from i don't know some other country yeah i've heard of jackfruit i don't remember if i've I've tried it i've never used it i still have it i don't (laughs) (laughs) i i don't know how i got it but eventually i'll i think it's a fruit so you know if i open it up i might just be able to eat it right out of the can yeah well maybe there's some jackfruit recipes on those websites (laughs) where you enter different ingredients all right, so let's see. We're up. Oh, we're almost running out of time Oops. here. I th- yeah, well, we didn't get a chance to get to this story. I'll just mention the headline. UK approves the world's largest offshore wind farm, farthest ever from the coast. So they're putting in 2.4 gigawatts of wind power. It's enough to power 2.5% of the country's electric needs. Today is Love Your Pet Day, and that means it's really cold, so don't leave it outside. Yeah. Um, Sunday is Walking the Dog Day and International World Thinking Day. <laughs> so if you haven't been thinking lately, you got to think on Sunday. Uh, tennis Day is coming up on Monday. Uh, National Tortilla Chip Day on Tuesday. This is National Weddings Month, just in case you didn't know. So, Yes, and American Heart Month. So be heart healthy and show some heart for all your friends and loved ones. Tonight is the John A. Logan Literacy Program Annual Trivia Night Fundraiser at the Carterville Community Center. Teams are forming up now. I just started doing trivia. This is fun. I've done it twice so far. Um, Again, that's tonight at 7 p.m. at the Carterville Community Center. If you have questions, 985-3741, extension 8252. Yes. And also coming up tonight, Cousin Andy's Coffee House. They're having Bill Staines. It's tonight at 8 p.m. at Yellow Moon Cafe, 110 North Front Street in Cobden. And I was talking about fresh veggies. The Carbondale Community Farmer's Market, Saturdays from 9 until noon. Um, That is at the Carbondale Community High School. And tomorrow is a special event. Yeah. They're going to have the annual seed swap there uh, tomorrow. From 9 a.m. to noon for the whole uh, for the whole farmers market at the Carbondale Community High School, and the seed swap is free for all. Bring seeds, take seeds. Plants are also welcome. They don't have any GMOs there. Everything's free, and you can come even if you have nothing. There may be people with extra stuff they can share with you. I can trade your enthusiasm for seeds. <laughs> yeah, free enthusiasm. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of people don't think about the importance of seeds. Seeds. Saving, seed sharing, because most of the food we get from plants comes from seeds. And if we didn't have those seeds, they'd be nothing. So um, one thing I do want to mention that this is sponsored by the Subsistence Research Center. Mm-hmm. And yeah. That's like opening right next to us, like the old big muddy IMC. Yeah. So um, that would be very interesting idea they want to do a lot of workshops and you know so here's one of the things they're doing is a seed swap 
Yeah. So. All about how to subsist and create food for yourself. All weekend long, the Maple Festival at Touch of Nature Environmental Center. The always popular Maple Festival at SIU's Touch of Nature Environmental Center will feature special activities, demonstrations, of course, a pancake breakfast with maple syrup. Mm-hmm. Demonstration includes blacksmithing, hide tanning, silk embroidery, and furniture. You know, you can buy things from local artisans and vendors. So, Saturday, or actually both days, Saturday and Sunday, there will be the tree identification hikes at 10 and 1 p.m. And then the maple syrup demonstrations, which give those attending the chance to learn about the history of maple syrup. Like, I always thought of maple syrup as like a New England thing. <laughs> yeah. They've but got we, it here, too. I mean, we have, you know, this a different kind of maple tree, but you can still get maple sap from that and make maple syrup. Yeah. So the demonstrations for that um, is at 11 and 2 p.m. Yeah. So that way Saturday you, can, and Sunday. you can be busy the whole day if you want to go to all of those events. So, again, um, yeah, admission to the festival is free. You know, if you want the the breakfast, that does cost money, but it's a hearty breakfast, well worth it. And the breakfast is from 9 until 1. So, um, man, does anybody want a carpool? <laughs> Let's go out there. That sounds like a good time. So, and it's going to, you know, it's going to get a little warmer over this weekend, too. So hopefully it's supposed that'll to be help. in the 40s. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this... oh, man. It's going to melt all the snow. It's yeah. so beautiful. Just in time for the Maple Festival. So. So also, I don't know if the snow will melt in time for this. I guess we'll see. We've got the Green Earth Monthly Workday coming up on Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon. And for more info on that, like the location, you can go to greenearthinc.org. Uh, I don't know if they've picked out that location yet, but every month they do that. On the is it the third Saturday? Yeah, the third Saturday each month. And water, snacks, tools, and gloves are provided. So, also on Saturday, the Labyrinth Peace Garden Restoration Group will meet Saturday at three thirty at the Guy House Interface Center. New members are welcome. If you like the Labyrinth and want to learn more about the restoration project, this is a great opportunity to get involved. Yeah, and also coming up, we mentioned this one already, but we could mention it again in the happening section here, the town hall meeting for the solar redevelopment project. That is coming up on next Tuesday, at this coming Tuesday at 6 p.m. at the Carbondale Civic Center. So the at the Carbondale Town Hall, uh, the t- Carbondale City Council Town Hall meeting, I think this will be our last event mentioned. Yeah. Um. Again, it'll be at the Carbondale Civic Center to discuss the proposed solar energy generating facility to be located at the former Copper's Wood Treatment Site located on North Marion Street. So this is a special Carbondale City Council town hall meeting. So they, you know, they actually have to have legally have a special meeting. Yeah. You know. So again, this is to provide a forum to discuss the potential solar redevelopment project. Representatives from all the parties will join the Carbondale City Council to participate in a question and answer session. The city invites the community to attend and take part in this discussion on the proposed solar energy generating facilities. So, that's it. 
Yeah, looks like we're out of time. Uh, but coming up in next week's happenings, there's going to be the movie and pizza party at Guy House. And if you want to help pick the movie for that, the voting ends this weekend. So you can email director at org. And if you like to dance, Dama Latinas are having their annual love and friendship dance in the Murfreesboro Community Center on Saturday from 8 until midnight. And that raises money for uh, Latino scholarships. Oh, and sounds so, good. Yeah. Get the dance and it goes to a good cause. Yep. All right. Well, we will see you here next week on the radio.